I want to share with you from the scripture this morning. Uh, I want to first go to John chapter 18 and verse 12. In John 18 and, and verse 12, we find there the scriptures that declares that Jesus is the light of the world. He declared that about himself. In fact, and I apologize if my background's so dark today. It doesn't look that way on the computer. But he's, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I, I, I want you to consider Jesus being the light of the world. In this Christmas season that we're in, and, and, and we know we had the lighting of the Advent candles this morning, the, the fourth and the final candle of Advent, and, and we, uh, we've seen so much in the last few weeks uh, in the celebration of Christmas, and, and many of you are like myself, and you've been around for a few Christmases. Mm, yeah, some of you have been around several Christmases, you know. Uh, but, but we tend to always think whether, whether it was many years ago when Christmas really seemed, uh, very lean compared to today and very simple in many aspects in comparison to today. One thing that has always been illustrated in the, in the whole, uh, story of Christmas is, uh, Jesus's ability to light the earth. We think about uh, portraits maybe that you've seen painted or depictions that have been done in plays and even in very simplistic forms. And there's been a, a star that has been lit to light up the manger. Or maybe there's been a glow, there's been a, a spotlight somewhere on the, the manger scene and, and baby Jesus is, is depicted as, as causing the place to glow. Maybe you've seen a Hollywood production where it seems when the baby Jesus is born and the, everything is dark and, and we understand that there was no electrical lighting as we have now, but, but, but in, in the darkness of a manger, suddenly it began to glow and it was illuminated with the brightness of Jesus. Because Jesus is the light. And so we're celebrating this weekend with great purpose. And we're celebrating it with great intent that God would come and illuminate the earth with His glorious presence. His presence is marked by light everywhere we go. In fact, you can drive down the streets of the city of Blue Well, the big city of Blue Well. Drive down them later tonight and you'll find there's snowflakes attached to the electrical poles that light up. We have lights in different places around this room this morning. Some of you have lights on your house. Well, last night we were in Christiansburg and we saw a Z28 Camaro that was covered in lights in a... Who says Christiansburg can't be redneck, right? Yeah, you know, lights. Light, light is depicted everywhere. It was that shining star we sing about. That we we haven't sang it here in this Christmas season, but one of the very popular 
Christmas songs that Sarah and I heard it this morning on the way uh, driving here to church. And it's talking about beautiful star of Bethlehem shine on. But I want you to know that this illuminating experience of Jesus wasn't limited to his infant years. Some scriptures indicate that, that the star probably did shine for, as we call it, for some two years or more because the wise men traveled afar. Some theologians believe that it took as much as two years or maybe more before they arrived to where the infant Jesus, or at that time even a toddler, was at. This Jesus was God become flesh. He was light in a darkened world. (coughs) And he established that he would illuminate every nook and every cranny of the earth. John chapter 9 verse 5. He said, while I'm in the world... I am the light of the world. But wait a minute. What, what about, what about the, what about, I've got a question for you. On this Christmas Eve morning, I've got a question for you. If, if Jesus is the light of the world, and He is, and if He illuminated the world while He was in the world, or walked this earth, and He did, But now he's ascended back home, back to the right hand of the Father, according to Scripture. He's at the throne of God. So has the light gone out in this world is my question this morning. You know, when you get my age, you can talk to yourself and give your ask your own questions and give your own answers. And it's nothing thought of it, okay? When you're younger, you can't get by with that. I was, we were in a store yesterday, and uh, no, it was the day before yesterday, we were in Roanoke. I went to Roanoke to make some hospital visits, and my wife loves Hamricks. And, uh, you know, Hamricks is a sanctified, it's a Pentecostal store, you know. And, and we go to Hamricks, and we're, we're in Hamricks, and she's looking at the ladies' stuff, and so I'm over looking through the men's stuff, and where I'm over in the Carhartt department, and, and I go over there and I look at all this Carhartt, I like Carhartt clothes, but I, I just go look at them cause I'm not gonna pay $39.95 for a pair of britches, okay? And there's this lady over there, and she's apparently looking for Christmas for some someone in in her life. And, and and I hear her talking, and I'm thinking, well, maybe she's on a cell phone. And and I'm there, and I'm looking at I'm looking at some pants and some stuff. And and she's over here, and she keeps talking. To, and it dawned on me, I I had the revelation she was talking to herself. She was asking her own questions. And when she was giving her own answers, you can do that when you get to a certain age in life. So I'm going to answer my own question. Of course not. Is the light in the world gone out? Of course not. Jesus gives the answer in Mark chapter 5 verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on the hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house.
In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This Christmas season that we're in right now, and it's, it's, it's today is the day, tomorrow's the day, it's coming to, to fruition, all that you've been working on for all of these weeks and months. Those of you that are like my wife and you like Christmas music and Hallmark Christmas movies all year around, all that you've been waiting on, okay? It's a, it, it's coming to fruition right now. But I want to tell you, this Christmas is going to be a little different. Some of you in this room has never experienced a Christmas like this one. Some of you will never experience another one like it. Because this Christmas is the first Christmas in 17 years that there's been a full moon. You say, what's that have to do with anything? Well, listen to me. For the first time in 17 years, it's going to be a full moon. Now, you know, we, 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 in the last years, we got in, somebody mentioned blood moon earlier this morning. We got blood moons. We got blue moons. We got white moons. We, we got, we got all kind of moons going on. But this is the first time in 17 years that there has been a full moon on Christmas. It'll be 19 years before it ever happens again. Some of you won't be here in 19 years from now if Jesus, even if Jesus tarries, he's coming. I might not be here. If I am, I probably won't be standing here. Y'all can come bring me a blanket by the nursing home, okay? If the cloud cover cooperates with us uh, uh, tonight and especially tomorrow, the Christmas full moon will appear in its, in its glory, if you would, tomorrow night. And it will illuminate the earth because of the tra- trajectory that we are in right now. And you see... The moon's fascinating to me. I told somebody the other day, I said, I saw something the other night I couldn't get over. They said, what? I said, it was the moon. Some of y'all get that later while you're eating dinner. The moon's fascinating to me because, you know, this moon, if the cloud cover holds off and we get to see it tomorrow night, it's going to, even though it's the middle of the night, it's going to bring some illumination to the earth. But you know what? The moon doesn't illuminate. There is no light in the moon. The moon is only a reflection of the light of the sun. Some of y'all getting this now. Some of y'all's heads bobbing up and down. Some of y'all going. Because you stayed up too late last night. I'm just picking. Nobody's asleep. But the moon doesn't give any light of itself. It only is a reflection of the light of the sun. It's barren. It's lifeless. It produces no energy. It has no resources of itself. But Lord willing, we get to see it tomorrow night. It's going to light up the earth. See, that sounds just a little bit like us. We're barren. We're lifeless in our own being. That we, we are dry in our own existence. And the scripture even declares as good of a, good as a, a man or a woman that you, you probably are today in comparison to the righteousness of the Lord. The Bible declares that there's nothing good in us apart from 
But in all of our barrenness, in all of our, our, our desert being, if you would, sort of like that moon, the light from the sun hits on us and reflects into the world and begins to illuminate its being. It could be easily said that the light of the sun, the S-U-N, radiates in such a way that it can never be hindered. It can't be put out. Even when it's dark outside and there is the moon's not in a position where we're not seeing it. Let me tell you something. The, the sun is still shining. The light of Jesus Christ has and will never go out in this world. He just desires to shine through us. He desires to shine through us. This baby Jesus was God incarnate. He was the literal presence of God in a human body and blood flowing through his veins. We're called to carry the gospel that he carried. St. Francis of Assisi is, is accredited with this statement. Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Let the world see Jesus through us. Amen. I don't ask Pam and Madison and whomever else she has lined up. You, to come back to the music. This may be the shortest message you've ever heard me preach. Somebody said, thank God. That's my Christmas gift. The baby Jesus. He was God incarnate. He was all God, but yet he was all man. And he was a human body. And he had blood flowing through his little veins. And you and I share in that human experience. Because as far as I know, everybody in here is alive. Our flesh is warm from blood flowing through our veins. And you and I are those cities set upon the hill. You and I are the moon, if you would allow me to use that illustration. You and I are the moon that's catching the light of the sun and reflecting it unto the whole earth. See, Jesus... The baby in the manger that is symbolized with light, properly so. Jesus, the baby in the manger, and that even as he grew, was had wise men from afar following a guiding light to where he was. Jesus. On the Mount of Transfiguration. 
that appeared in a shining form. Jesus. Jesus is light. Last Sunday morning, about this time, our kids, our little kids were up here and they were depicting Jesus and, and the, the glory of the creation in their, in their program. And, and, and my wife kept punching me because I kept getting the little words wrong because they were supposed to be saying, shine Jesus' light. I kept saying, shine Jesus, shine. Okay? But we are supposed, we are the conduit in which the light of the world desires to flow through to illuminate the world and to touch and change people's lives. So even in this Christmas season, as we celebrate it and we think about the virgin birth and and God coming to earth to dwell among men, Noel, Noel, joy to the world, the Lord has come. He's still at work today. And He's working to whosoever will. That's me and you. Yesterday, Dr. Tim Hill, the general overseer of the Church of God, put up a uh, short video while he was out walking. And in that, in that video clip, he talked about how the sadness of there being no room, no place in the end. It wasn't that Joseph didn't have money because uh, Joseph had money. He was going to pay his taxes. It wasn't a lot of other circumstances that could have been played out. It, it was just the fact that nobody seemingly had room. For that couple that was about to give birth to the Savior of the world. And all that the Lord is still looking for. Remember that song we sing? Away in a manger. No crib for his bed. The little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. No worries, he's looking to lay his head. He's looking to lay his head right in your house. Right in your life. I pray that you've made room for him today. We're going to prepare to take communion here in just a little bit. And we're going to be bringing the lights down. But I want to ask you a question before we do that. Have you made room for Jesus in your life? What a great way to celebrate Christmas. What a great way to end this year. I just want you to bow your heads with me right now. And I'm going to ask for everybody to pray with me. And if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, if you've never made that room for Him in your house, I want you to do that this morning. Let's pray. Father, as I come to you today, I thank you once more for the great gift of salvation. I thank you, Lord, for allowing 
me to be saved. Or you allowed that. You made that happen. You made it possible. So today I praise you. And Lord, today I just open my heart up to you. I want you to dwell in my house. I want you to live in my heart. I want you to abide in my life. Lord, I want to, I want your love to reflect off of me. I want your light to bounce off me and illuminate the world that we live in that is engulfed in darkness. Lord, I want, I want to be your son. Lord, there are others in this room that may need to be your son or your daughter. They may need to submit themselves to you. And I pray that today that they will do so. Lord, as they just ask you to forgive them of their sins, to come in their heart, simple as A, B, C, accepting you, believing upon you, and confessing you as their Savior and their Lord in this season. So God, I pray that has we prepare to observe your body and your blood. God, I pray that every, every person under the sound of my voice, every per- person in this room, every person that may be watching my live stream this morning, God, I pray that they will accept you as Lord and Savior of their life. Not just a baby lying in a manger, but a crucified Savior, a risen Savior, and a soon-coming King. Lord, save us, each one, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope that if you haven't if you haven't prayed already, if you hadn't prayed already, I pray that you've accepted Jesus this morning. You believe it with your heart. You confess Christ Jesus with your mouth. And according to Scripture, you shall be saved. We're going to participate in, in communion right now. And I'm going to ask Frank if you go ahead and bring the lights down, please, sir. All of you should be given... A, a little communion cup that contains your your wafer and also it contains your uh, your juice. Frank, if you want to you can dim these cans up here now, sir. There you go. Go ahead and pull the house lights all the way down. I want to get the effect of the candle. You take your candle and hopefully the batteries are good in your candle and you can turn the knob on the bottom of it and it will illuminate it. I wanted us to do this this morning just as a reminder that we are lights. You see, these lights are not really all that bright, these little candles. But they're bright enough to illuminate your presence. The scripture talks about that light and darkness can't dwell in the same place. Light will always drive away darkness. You cannot turn on a a light in a dark room and the room stay dark. This morning I want you to be reminded that you are the light of the world. 
When Paul led the early church in the ordinance of communion, it was a solemn reminder of who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. We are representatives of His kingdom. We are partakers in His righteousness and in His body and in His blood. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as we read the Scripture, this is what Paul instructed the church. He said, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on that night, He was betrayed. He took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to know today that uh, the body of Christ holds so much significance because He took the weight of sin, your sin and my sin, upon His body. He took all of the reproach upon His shoulders. We know that His body was broken. His body was mutilated from whipping and His body. Yes, the same baby Jesus his body was some 33 years or so later would be disfigured and beaten and tortured. But because of that body, we have hope. Because of that body, He takes the heaviness of our transgressions. So today, if you've removed your wafer off of your top of your cup and if you need some help... I'm sure someone next to you will probably assist you. But if you've made ready the wafer, it's a very plain wafer. It has It's bland. It has no taste. It's flat. There's no leaven in this wafer. Many times, and I'm assuming yours is like that, if you even look at it, you'll see some faint markings on that wafer. And it makes me... It reminds me of the matzah bread, or which had the marks across it, which remind us of the marks that were laid upon Jesus' back just for you, just for me. But I want you to take that wafer in your hand right now, and I just want you to break it half in two. And as you break that wafer half in two, I want you to be reminded of the body of Christ. The same Christ that was born in a manger. I want you to be reminded that it was broken for you. And Lord, as much as we acknowledge the brokenness of your body. You are God become man. And you suffered the torture. God, I just pray that today. That my body will be used for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name. And church, I want you to just take the body, the wafer, and just put it in your mouth and just take upon yourself the body or the person of Christ.
Paul went on to say that in the same way after supper, he took the cup. They had one cup. They passed that cup. Everybody drank from the same cup. It was a common cup. Of course, we're not going to observe it in that manner today. But Paul went on to say, he said, the cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The scripture throughout its ancient pages tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There have been many sacrifices made over over thousands of years to provide sacrifice or atonement, if you would, for, for sin. But Jesus provided the perfect sacrifice. That little baby, the light of the world, lying in a manger, was the perfect sacrifice. And again, some 33 years later, the blood would be drawn from his body as he would be beaten and as he would be nailed to a cross and and his side, his side ruptured with a spear. The blood and the water would spew out of his body unnecessarily, unjustly. But all because of you and me and the sins that we have. His blood is the perfect blood. And with His blood, we find the remission of sin. So Lord, today, we thank You for Your blood. It's still the blood that washes away all sin. It's still the blood that makes us whole again. Lord, it's Your blood that covers all of my infractions, all of my sin. Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you for freely giving it for the sake of me. In Jesus' name. And if you have your cup open and ready, I just want you to take it in observance of the blood of Christ. You may drink. Lord, we acknowledge you. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your body. We thank you for coming. Dwelling among us. Thank you, God, that you became one of us. So we may become like you. Let your light shine through us, Jesus. In this season. Amen. And amen. Amen. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Y'all can bring, Frank, if you want to bring up the house lights now. Thank you so much for being here today. Be reminded, be reminded that even the smallest of light can be seen in the darkness. Don't ever think that you don't make a difference in the kingdom of God or in this world we live in. If you will just let, and I will just let Jesus shine through us, we can make a difference in the world. 